Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about how partners can help support during pregnancy and birth. So to have this conversation, I have Ben and Jessica, a husband and wife team and co-founders of Balanced Families. They are passionate about helping couples feel confident, prepared, and empowered to make some of life's most important decisions about their growing families. It is a fantastic conversation. Ben and Jessica give some amazing takeaways about how to be involved involved in pregnancy and the actual birth. We also talk about sometimes partners feel a little helpless that they don't quite know what to do during the experience and maybe even carry some fear around how seeing their partners in labor. So you're going to walk away with some solid information and tools so that you and your partner can be prepared mentally, physically to handle whatever unfolds in your birth. Now, before we get to that conversation with Ben and Jessica, I just want to give you some insight about what's happening at Prenatal Yoga Center. So you might notice that our schedule has bulked up. Now, we're still offering online classes seven days a week. That's online prenatal classes. But you might have noticed that our on-demand library has grown, has exploded. I'm so proud of that. So while our classes are, our live stream classes are on Eastern Standard Time and don't fit for everybody, we've got online on-demand classes, re-release classes of our prenatal classes, our postnatal, a lot of our workshops are pushing power, comforting touch, lactation prep. So much of what we offer can be taken anytime, anywhere on your schedule. So check that out on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. And of course, we've got our in-person classes and workshops as well. Now, we also have a free downloadable that you can grab from our website. So while you're poking around looking for classes and workshops, go ahead and download your five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. And of course, that applies to postpartum pains as well. So it's your little cheat sheet for days that you can't make it to class. And then just a heads up of what we're doing with our teacher training. So as of now, the way that we have planned is we're doing two in-person trainings a year in New York City. So far, we have it that we're going to do one outside of New York. I believe we'll be in Connecticut this 
this late spring. And then we'll do two teacher trainings online, which is exciting because we have people coming from around the world taking these trainings. It is fun. It's interesting to see how they're working the timing because it is live on Zoom for the ones online, but it's amazing. We have people all around the world. And then in the late spring, early summer, we'll do our postnatal teacher training again, also online. So check all that out. Now, the last thing I just want to bring up is I wanted to thank everyone who has taken the time to leave a rating and a review for Yoga Birth Babies. It helps people find us. And one thing that I'm really passionate about is giving people information so that they can make choices that that best suit them. And I'm hoping that you feel that this podcast helps serve that. So would you mind taking a moment, if you haven't already, and leaving a rating and review? And as I also often say, because this podcast is about you, if there's a topic that I haven't done or maybe a speaker you think I would be interested in speaking with, please let me know. You can reach me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. Okay, we're going to take a super quick break, and we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Ben and Jessica. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Ben. How are you? We're good. Excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. So I have talked to a lot of my prenatal students and I asked, what do you want to hear about? What else can I add to the podcast? And many of them said they feel pretty confident heading into the birth, but where they're feeling anxious is about how their partner is going to be involved. So I thought and thought and thought, who can I bring on? And then I've been following you for a while on Instagram and I'm like, ah, I got it. I'm going to see if Jessica yeah. and Ben will come on. So I'm excited to jump into this. We are too. Mm-hmm. So I guess the best place we should start is if you can tell me a little bit about yourselves and what inspired you both to work in the perinatal field and create balanced families. Yeah. So um, I'm actually a teacher, a former teacher, and ended up staying home with my babies. And, you know, then got to that point where I was ready to, you know, jump back into the work field and really didn't want to teach anymore. And I had a huge passion for birth. It was just an interest of mine, honestly. And that was kind of how it all started was I started looking into what it would be like and what I would want to do inside of the birthing space and had an idea for an an online birth course and talked about it with Ben one night we were on our back patio. And I think for me, um, the main issue that I had was I felt like that there was a real lack of balanced, like balanced information. I feel like a lot of what I heard was either only for unmedicated birth or only very hospital birth centric. And I'm the type of person, I don't really want to be told what to do. (laughs) I like to just be told the facts, like just be told my options and Mm -hmm. then be able to kind of make decisions from there. And so as I was talking about that with Ben, um, we were talking through kind of this word balanced and what that means. And that led us into then saying, well, wait, what we can't talk about balance without talking about partners. Mm -hmm. We can't talk about birth without talking about the fact that birth happens to both, not just to 
you know, not just to me. And so that was something that I talked to Ben about and Ben brought up like, Hey, I would like to, um, you know, create a resource for partners and really be able to bring partners more into the birthing space. And so, yeah, that was kind of how it all started. Do you want to add anything? Yeah. I, I always tell people I never set out to be like a birth dude. <laughs> I, never, I never set out to be this birth nerd really like, um, it started out just, I was really interested in it for sure. And it was just super fascinating and a totally foreign subject for me. But I feel like just from the very beginning, I've always just been very interested in how I can be a better husband and a better father. And that led me on this journey to basically in hindsight, I was learning the best ways to support Jessica mm. and that was to me the driver. It wasn't ever like, I'm going to be super birth partner dude. And, uh, so people now talk to me like I'm this expert birth partner. I'm like, really? I just, I just love Jessica and wanted to be the best that I could be for her. And that led me on this journey. And we started out just kind of creating the class and I still worked in public schools and I had, I worked, um, at the district level and I did a lot of curriculum work and published curriculum. And never really dreamed that that would change. And just with the popularity of our class growing and um, just slowly becoming more and more involved in the business, next thing you know, I find myself uh, side by side with her and we're building this thing out and um, it just kind of grew and grew. So that's how um, I got there. It's, it's definitely been uh, an unexpected journey, I think, for both of us. You know, it just started out of like, how can we create a really good online birth class for couples? And then it feels like a whirlwind happened and then poof, we're here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause after that, I ended up getting obviously my childbirth education certification, um, doula, you know, started actually getting like educated about that. I knew a lot in my brain, but you know, I've been going a lot deeper, you know, learning, doing spinning baby stuff and just all the things, um, to really, be able to bring, um, just the best quality information to our students. That's great. Well, I have to say, I love spending babies. I'm doing their parent educator program myself right now. So yay yes. to that. So Ben, what was your personal experience supporting Jessica during her three births? Well, again, like, yeah, I never set out to be like, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about birth. Um, but I was just really interested. I did read a lot and I did ask Jessica a lot of questions because she was learning and that's become kind of a tagline for us, which is learning together that the key to just really having really positive outcomes is if both of you are really on the same page and you're learning together. And it's not just like Jessica filling me in and I'm, you know, just kind of being dragged along. And um, Jessica, though, in the first birth wanted an unmedicated birth. So we went through a lot of preparation for that. And, that birth story was pretty wild and had a lot of unexpected twists and turns. And so I really learned through that process as I was, you know, supporting her emotionally, physically, I learned just how unpredictable birth was and come to find out like on our other two births with our other, uh, they, future, they were all very different. Equally crazy. <laughs> they were all like these roller coasters, unexpected roller coasters, even though, we had prepared and prepped so much. But when I think about what support looked like for her, again, it was learning together um, and me being informed so I could 
confidently advocate for her because it, I think there's sometimes, especially as, as men <laughs> that are not familiar with birth world. Cause I mean, quite frankly, frankly, we're just not as socialized to be as knowledgeable about birth and baby stuff. I mean, I was, I used to be kind of scared of babies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Before, before. You had never changed a diaper. I don't think. Yeah. 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 Never changed a diaper. I mean, I was, I was pretty clueless. Um, but stepping into that, that delivery room with confidence is important because one thing that I did know was Jessica. Like I did know her and I knew her more intimately than the professionals knew her. Mm-hmm. They were professionals and experts about birth, but nobody in that room knew her as intimately as I did. So I learned how critical my presence and awareness and involvement was. I had a, I had a critical role to play. Um, another thing that was super unique about our, our first birth, that, besides it being like this crazy roller coaster, is we were at a birth center. And so I got to be real, um, I got to partner really closely with the midwives there. And I really enjoyed that. And they involved me and talked to me, you know, through what was going on and, and gave me their input. Um, but I felt really respected in that space. Um, and of course they were respecting Jessica, but I, I, I liked how they welcomed my involvement. And I walked away from that experience being like, that was cool. Like that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be. I, I, we, we talked to, you know, hundreds of couples all the time and people be like, you know, man, the, the, the nursing team like totally ignored my partner. Yeah, they oh, like, he won't even look my partner yeah. in the eye, you know, that kind of thing. I have a good friend who was asking direct questions to the, to the nurse nursing team. And they literally wouldn't even look at him. They like would never make eye contact. And we understand that we've, we need to empower, you know, the mom's giving birth, but it's like partners are a valid piece of that picture as well. So anyway, I learned a lot working with the midwives and that really inspired me to, to continue being involved and, and hands on. And it was just a really special experience that, we got to have together as a couple that I didn't really expect. I mean, I thought it was just like all about me supporting her, but at the end of the day, it was like, wow, we, we went through the fire together. Like we went through this really intense uh, experience that really changed our relationship. It changed us as a married couple. It changed us as parents. And I look back at those, a lot of each of those birth stories as there's so many principles inside of that, that we look at our marriage and we see the same level of partnership needed and the same level of communication and, and um, just coming into being the same team. So that was a long answer for how did I, what did it look like? But as far as practical things, I mean, I had to become knowledgeable so I could support her physically to help her cope with the pressure and the labor pain. Um, I wanted to be informed so that, I could talk with her and, and be an ear for her to talk through different decisions we had to make during um, labor. And then especially just the emotional support and the coaching and the encouragement was so critical. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like through each birth you walked in with more confidence? Cause you're like, okay, I've done this. I have a sense of what's going on or was there anything, or maybe there was something left over from that first birth. Cause I'm, from what I'm hearing, you're like, it was wild. <laughs> I think that was said several times. So I can imagine my first birth was what I'd call a roller coaster up and down. And that left an impression 
getting ready for my second. So do you feel like that first roller coaster prepped you or had some hesitation as you went to your second and third? I'm I'm laughing because our second birth, we, we felt like we were rock stars. Like we got to that birth center. I was like, I was in active labor, six centimeters, like the perfect. (laughs) And the baby was breech. We had no idea. And the birth center was unable to do a vaginal breech delivery. And so we had to transfer to the same hospital again and I had to have a C-section and that was a, again, what a wild ride. <laughs> um, so yes, I do feel like we were, and my third though, I feel like especially we, we felt pretty like we, we got this, like we know it was a VBAC. I was able to do an unmedicated VBAC with pretty little intervention. Um, and that was a really awesome experience. Yeah. So Although after that, <laughs> yeah, after that, Jessica had a postpartum hemorrhage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. geez. So even with our yeah. third, after all the experience, there was still just unpredictable stuff yeah. that took place. Yeah. Um, that is just, I mean, birth is unpredictable. I tell my students yeah. all the time, like we cannot plan. In fact, yesterday's prenatal class is about letting go of control. Because yeah, it is. Is. Yeah. I mean, what a great lesson. Because you have to do that when you're a parent too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think are the biggest fears that a lot of partners have surrounding pregnancy and birth? Wow. That's a really great question. Um, that's a really great question because when we talk to pregnant couples, it's, it's always about, you know, the fear of, of giving birth and the fear of labor pain that, you know, they're going to be talking about, but you don't ever, I just love that question. You don't think about the fear of partner and what they're going through. And I think of, I think a big one is fear of watching your loved one in pain, mm-hmm. fear of, of course, just like that base protective instinct of like fear of losing your loved one and losing a baby, like that stuff. So primal in us. And I think that because of that fear, it can cause, a lot of birth partners to maybe be closed minded to different, um, you know, approaches. I know we, people talk to us all the time, you know, I really want to, I'm interested in having a home birth. My husband is just really not cool with that. Doesn't really, I don't really know how to start that conversation. And a lot of times it's because there's this fear that of, of, you know, simple fears, like I don't want you to die. Right. <laughs> and inside of that, there's mentalities that you identify like, birth is dangerous and it's, it's a needs to be this super medicated hospitalized experience. Um, so we just try to teach our students that birth is human. Birth is normal and the pain is productive pain. It is hard to watch. It was, it was really hard watching Jessica be in pain, but because of the information that I had and what we had talked through and we kind of expected that I knew that the pain was productive so it changed my focus on how can I help her cope versus, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I want this thing to end as quickly as possible. I want to fix it. Yeah. I want to fix it. Yeah. That's something when I, I used to be a doula. And one thing that I saw a lot of is, like you said, it's really hard to see someone you love in pain. And I saw a lot of the partners get overwhelmed by seeing them. And then even though many of my clients were like, I want unmedicated birth, when they really saw their partners in the pain, they, they almost like offered up the epidural. Like, are you sure? Almost because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would say part of it, stepping back is like, it was their discomfort with the discomfort. <laughs> like they had a hard time. They yeah. wanted to like fix it and take away the pain, even though 
you know, we had talked about productive pain and this is what's going to happen. I think in the moment, it just, for some folks, it's, it's really a lot. It is. Yeah. And we, one thing that we do in our birth class is we have actual birth footage. And that's something that I know we've had a lot of partners give us feedback on that they really like. Yeah. Is we actually have footage of unmedicated birth, epidural birth, C-section, like all, all the different modes. <laughs> and, but I think the unmedicated birth one, especially, I mean, you know, she's, she's making noise. Like there's yeah. obvious pain. And I know we've heard a lot of partners say like, Hey, that was actually really helpful for me. Gave me a little bit of a heads up, <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. so I completely agree. I think that's a great idea because we, we talk a lot about pain coping skills in, in our prenatal class and they're like, sure, of course, but then we put them in uncomfortable positions. And it's the same idea. Like there's one thing about mentally thinking it. The other thing about like seeing it or feeling it are two very, very different things. So what are some solid takeaways that partners can use to be more involved during pregnancy? I like that question a lot too, because really Pregnancy is where it should begin the whole learning together. Um, I, unfortunately, a lot of times, uh, again, we talked about, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of partners, a lot of guys that are just not really oriented with babies and late, like they just want to be a standoff as just possible. And then someday it kind of hits them, you know, like a lightning bolt when the baby's in front of them, like, Oh my gosh this baby thing was real. <laughs> this baby yeah. that was growing. And my life has changed. <laughs> like, Whoa, this is a game changer. You really have to, it's better if you can start early and, and learn together and be involved. And some of that is simply like just going to prenatal appointments mm-hmm. and even the ones that I couldn't be at. Cause I was a full-time teacher. Um, I would put on my calendar or I would just make a note to myself right on my hand or something to ask Jessica about it later. Even if it was like, you know, a pretty chill appointment just so that I could be a part of the process. And this actually led us to develop a resource on our website. We call the pregnant couple playbook and it's 40 ways for, um, couples to plan uh, to prep for birth and baby together. And it's just 40 ideas ideas (laughs) of just how you can, uh, be prepared together. One, one easy one is if, you know, you've not been around babies, is babysit a friend's baby you might have or babysit somebody's kid for a night. It just, it makes that reality that there's a human growing. It makes it a lot more real and tangible. And it's like, wow, this is, this is an exciting process. And you just don't want to wait to the last moment to start becoming more cognizant of that. Absolutely. That's, that's really fantastic. So you have 40 ways and you gave me two. Is there one more that you can throw out to people? Yeah, well, a, a, a huge one when we're talking about education is is going through that birth plan together mm. and talking through those things together. And and we, like we tell our birth class students, talking about what will happen if things don't go unexpectedly, mm. because that involves a partner and they're in that room. They need to be tracking that. So um, that's another great example. Yeah, because, you know, you make a birth plan, but. I always, I don't know, this may be like the type A in me. I like having a plan A and a plan B and a plan C. Like I want to be able to, and I think there are a lot of, a lot of people that are like that. Um, not everyone, but I think that that is helpful. And also then to be able to talk through with your partner, like, Hey, um, you know, some people have preeclampsia, you know, and they have to be induced. And that's something you should think about, you know, like, well, then 
you could have a birth plan for your induction. There are certain things that you could say like, yes, I am. I'm okay with that. Or no, I'm not okay with that. And I think having your partner on the same page with you about that, especially when you're in labor land, (laughs) when you're not like fully there mentally, um, which happens, I think then having your partner on the same page is even more essential and even more important. And the the practical ideas, I mean, even the littlest things like delegating to the partner to go research strollers and Mm. bring it up, present some, some, some of the best options. It's like the littlest (laughs) things are what make the pregnancy more tangible. And so it, we just want to emphasize being practical because what often happens is this conflict between couples where all of a sudden there's kind of some assumptions like you don't care or you don't want to be involved or you don't, you're not excited about this pregnancy. And the truth is like they do care. (laughs) They want to be involved. They may not feel physiologically and emotionally the same as you, but they do care. They just a lot of times don't know what to do or, or how to approach it. Well, I think I love the idea that you're giving 40 ways because I, I think you hit on something there. It's not that they don't want to, but sometimes partners don't know what to do and then they feel more standoffish. So that was a great point. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. I'm going to give you the same question, but so that was about pregnancy, but how can partners be involved more in labor and birth? We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we are back. So what are some solid takeaways partners can use to be more involved in the actual labor and birth? Do you want me to start? Yeah, I can start. I think, I think for me, honestly, Ben was, um, physical, like countermeasures, counter, like counter pressure, any type of like massage. That was Ben. I would demand him to come over (laughs) sometimes, maybe not so nicely. I feel like in my mind, I yelled at him. He told me I didn't. I was was certainly yelling in my mind, like, get over here, (laughs) please help me. Um, So I think that honestly, for me, um, was worth just all the preparation we did was he took a very active role. And like I said, my, my labors were actually all really long. And so that was something that I really did need him um, physically to help me get through that pain and be able to stay really relaxed. That was another thing was he would remind me, um, you know, specific areas in my body to relax because I would, I would have tension that I will hold in, you know, my shoulders, my eyebrows. And so he would tell me not just 
you know, babe, relax, which will never go well um, (laughs) for uh, for someone who's having contraction pain. uh, Yeah, don't say that. But he would say specifically, you know, relax your eyebrows, relax your shoulders. Um, And I remember I remember like needing to be told that (laughs) because I couldn't actually remember to do that in that moment. And I knew in my mind, relaxing is so important for keeping this labor moving. And so, um, that those little reminders were really helpful. Yeah. That, that aspect of physical support, the helping you relax was really big and it starts in early labor. And so especially for first time couples in early labor, you're going to get super amped up and super energized and excited (laughs) because it is exciting. Birth is awesome, but really it's the best time to take a big exhale, slow down, and um, yeah, in a lot of cases, rest as much as possible. Birth partners play a huge role in that. A lot of times, birth partners end up ramping things up even more, or maybe those kind of protective instincts we talked about earlier can kick in, and it's and can sometimes cause things to just jump forward that really don't need to. So, really starting early on and thinking about being in a mindset of how can I help her relax is really, really important. And I I think overall as a mentality about support, it's better to over support than to have to be asked to support. Mm. Like I would rather Jessica be like, okay, man, like back off, dude. (laughs) Like I, you know, go. We're good. Yeah, we're (laughs) good. Then for me. I think I did say that maybe. Probably. Get away from me. (laughs) Stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then for me to be sitting on the sidelines and her to have to ask me to come into that space. So think about over-supporting and backing off first. And um, in little practical things you learn after, you know, watching labor take place multiple times is it's good to ask yes or no questions. Mm-hmm. Don't try to ask these big open-ended uh, questions or ex- expect her to have to articulate perfectly <laughs> what she wants or needs because she's going through this whirlwind. So Simple questions like, do you want a hip squeeze right now? Do you want water right now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to talk or do you want silence? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And do you want these lights off? Like thinking through those simple yes, no questions. um, And it's a lot easier to answer. But another thing we, so we talk about physical support. We talk about the emotional support, the encouragement and just being present, but also the decision support. And so it's important to be active and involved when, if there are decisions to be made to help talk through those things to where it doesn't feel like the, the weight of the, uh, that whole decision is on her shoulders, but there's somebody to talk through that and um, feel like you have a true partner in the midst of that. Mm. Something you said made me think about a birth I attended where I almost had to like console the partner is, uh, and this is, I hope you guys agree with this is not the partner, not taking it um, personally. So my client, yeah. like, so yeah. the, the partner was massaging the mother's back and I don't know what she was feeling or how he was touching her, but she snapped almost like she swatted his hand away and yeah. he felt really like he really wanted to step in and help. And he felt really badly and kind of went off in the corner, like, you know, like a dog with its tail between its legs. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, it's, she's not, you know, she didn't mean it. And he's like, I'm trying so hard. I'm like, I know you are. So, 
That one, I still remember that one. So partners, you know, those that are birthing, there's a lot going on, a lot of sensations, a lot of emotions. My hands might have been slapped. uh, Oh, most certainly. (laughs) Well, and that one time when you brought chips into the room and were crinkling the bag, I still remember that. And I was like, stop it. Cause I did, I could not handle any, you know, extra noise. Yeah. Yeah, So all those things, um, again, like I said, I was yelling in my mind. I maybe didn't yell, but. I was not happy. So <laughs> the, the sounds in your brain were very loud. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he's done really well to not, that's something we do. We talk about all the time. Like don't take things personally, um, not just during birth, but also postpartum too, but that's yeah. a whole other conversation. <laughs> so this kind of goes along with what I was saying, but what can partners do? So they're not feeling so helpless during the birth. Cause like this one scenario, the partner really wanted to jump in and help, but then end up feeling helpless. And like, now what do I do? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of different roles that partners can take. And so I think, you know, a lot of times that feeling of helplessness comes from a place of, I really just want to maybe not fix it, but just be everything that I can be for you in this moment. And I think sometimes what what we need is actually for the partner to just be there, you yeah. know, to recognize that your presence is really amazing and helpful. And so it's a, it's a rock that we can stand on when we are at our wits end, you know, during labor. And so I think for partners recognizing like just having your reassurance and your presence, um, is meaningful. So very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to add anything? Well, yeah, that, that's it kind of goes back to, you know, the difference between the partner's role and the health team yeah. is that you, you have something extremely unique and critical and just your presence, it should be a stabilizing force in the room. You should exude confidence. You should exude hope. And if you feel helpless and you feel, um, you know, purposeless, that kind of comes off of you. So just literally being proximate and confident and calming that makes a huge difference for her. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So as I was preparing for our conversation, I often reflect back to the doula clients I have worked with. And I think about one that I was just shocked about. And I, it was the first time I saw this, that they were bickering the whole time. And I called my mentor. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And she reminded me, she's like, that could just be their dynamics. Like that just might be their relationship. And then I had another couple that the mom tended to be the organizer and like the doer. And and even during labor, she was trying to still, you know, do that. And so yeah. typical roles change because as we're talking about when someone's in labor, they're not supposed to be in their frontal cortex. We don't want that. We want to be in that, you know, more back brain. So mm-hmm. how do you help parents or what suggestions do you have for parents recognizing that their typical roles in the relationship are going to change and that the, like we kind of talked about, you showed the videos that of the sound and the movement, but the person that they love in day in and day out, they're not the same person birthing necessarily. Yeah. It's so true. Well, and even, I mean, gosh, not even just during birth, but postpartum. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All those hormonal changes are intense, you know? And I think, you know, I know for me, at least, it was like I was discovering this new identity and that identity shift was really difficult. And, and even inside of, of course, birth, um, you know, I'm a pretty like confident, 
Like I, I'm a pretty like bold person. <laughs> like I don't have a hard time making decisions, but during my births, I was, I would actually revert to a very different persona. And I know you're talking about, you know, what if I was, you know, still the same or, or sometimes I, sometimes I can be a little controlling perhaps. And so, and there were times I know during my birth when, when I was trying to control certain things or I did feel, um, for me, it's a lot of tension. And so, you know, I think for, for me discussing and knowing myself well enough and knowing then well enough that we can kind of know our normal, kind of our, our normal, um, ways that we interact with one another, but then also knowing how we interact during stress, mm-hmm. <laughs> and during stressful times yeah. and really discussing that beforehand and saying like, Hey, I actually, during stress, I actually get really inward focused and kind of like, I don't, I just kind of like, I don't know, crumble <laughs> a bit. And so for Ben to be able to, for us to kind of discuss beforehand, like, Hey, this is how I actually would like for you to help me during that time. This, these are some really practical things that you can do, things you can say. I know for me, like I really needed affirmations. That was something that was really helpful for me. And so we practiced those beforehand. I told him the ones that I thought were really cheesy and that I didn't like. <laughs> and then the ones that I was like, yes, say that to me, you know? And, and so I think though, those real practical things that you can do and prepare before birth, then will set you up for success during birth and postpartum because it actually doesn't really end, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you know, you, you, you have these massive hormonal shifts after you have baby and then gosh, you know, it's like, it, it, it kind of lasts a little while. And so I don't know, I know Ben, you could probably speak to partners and what they can do. Well, I just, uh, I like that you mentioned postpartum and parenthood because just because you can handle something, doesn't handle something alone. I mean, just cause you can handle something alone doesn't mean that you should. Mm-hmm. And Jessica is a super strong woman. She is super competent. She's super confident. And, uh, like she is a high capacity woman and that's why I love her. But we have learned over 11 years of marriage and just raising three kids just because Jessica can do something doesn't mean <laughs> I should. She should <laughs> yeah, no in a can. sustainable way. Right. And so that's caused me to to have to step up and and just initiate conversations of like not how can I take this away, but how can I support? What does that look like for you to be empowered? And that's just like birth, right? I mean it's like the birth partner cannot switch roles, cannot actually birth birth the babies (laughs) like you really you really it it really is truly a support role Mm -hmm. a great analogy that i have from my own personal experience is whenever i trained for a marathon years ago which by the way i was really inspired to after watching uh birth happen multiple times i was like what's like the equivalent of like birth that i could do as a guy i was like i'm gonna run a marathon that was the only reason i really like to run and stuff and i was when to up my mileage and whatnot, but I really wanted to achieve this goal. And I went to Jessica and told her, you know, Hey, I would really like, you know, to do this. What's, what are your thoughts? And she was on board. And then she asked me, you know, well, what could I do to support you in that? And I was like, well, I'm going to need to, there's going to be some mornings where you, you, I'm not going to be as helpful with the girls because I've got to be out training or, there's going to be some weekends where I've done a long run and I might be exhausted. It was like, we spelled out exactly what it would cost both of us. You know, I didn't feel entitled and just be like, 
well, you know, you're going to give me this, this, and this. It was like I had to talk with her what I felt like I needed, and it helped her understand. And she became on board and was excited about it. And it really – and so I, I did the marathon, and um, it was really awesome. It was a great experience, and the whole family was there cheering me on. But it felt like we achieved it together because I knew what it cost her and the, the support she gave me that I really – it wouldn't have been – nearly as awesome without her alongside me encouraging me and and doing that and so um that's what makes birth so much more awesome is when you have support and somebody that is your cheerleader and that is ready to, to give themselves in whatever they, way they can it just makes the whole experience really what we call it it's a family experience mm-hmm. want to look at it as a family experience it's not just her experience and so that's an important mindset when you think about just getting involved yeah, I really love hearing. I like that idea of the family experience. And I also, what I'm really hearing is about the communication ahead of time, the yeah, expectations yeah. of how support can be given, the expectations and conversation about how you handle stress and what that might look like for someone. So the more work and communication that can happen beforehand, I think probably the smoother, even, even with the bumps, even with the, you know, all the curves that come with birth and parenthood. I think we come back to that communication ahead of time. Oh, this is, I'm loving this. Thank you so much. Okay. We're going to take one more break, but when we come back, so you have been supporting people for a while. You have three kids. So I'm just going to plant the seed. You can think about during our break. What is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? We'll be right back. Okay. So what do you want to share? You want me to start? Okay. Well, um, I think I would say, because we, our oldest now is eight. And honestly, we have our, our births were very similar to the rest of the story. We've had lots of ups and downs. Um, we have actually a daughter with a chronic illness and we have just a lot of different challenges. And I think what I would say is be, be in it for the long haul, be in it for the long run. Like life is a journey. Actually, our first daughter's name is journey. And that was intentional. Um, you know, it's a journey and there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Um, there's going to be hard times and there's going to be joyous times. But I think that for us, what, what has been kind of our secret sauce is always prioritizing our relationship and, Mm -hmm. and really making sure that we are putting in the time and the effort to make sure that our connection stays strong, even when things are busy, even when things are crazy with our three, um, cause we had three and four years and that was nuts. So, <laughs> and, yeah. And so, That's brave. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think for us, keeping our relationship just front and center yeah. has been a massive, um, key for us being able to have a sustainability and for us to be able to create um, the, the family that we wanted to create, you know, the, the loving home, the, the connection, the, you know, all, all the, I don't know, all the values that we've always wanted to create in our family, I think started with us. Mm. Yeah. It is. Life is a journey and building a family together is a, is an, is a, is is an honor. It's, it's just an incredible experience, but you have to have the right lens. You have to look at it from a lens of, personal development and relational development. So we've chosen to, to perceive our circumstances, like Jessica mentioned, some, some hard circumstances dealing with some health crises and things. We've chosen to view those things through a lens of how am I developing as a person? And how are we growing as a couple? And 
that's allowed us to, to journey and develop over the years to now we can look back and it's like, wow, we've, got, we've gone somewhere together. Mm. It's always this kind of like give and take and, you know, here's your role. Here's my role. You know, here's your to do. Here's my to do. It's like, sometimes you got to be practical like that, of course, but at the core of it, you want this shared experience, this shared journey together. Mm, I really like that. Where can people find your work? Yeah, so we um, have a website. It's balancedfamilies.com. Um, and we have a blog. We have our courses and lots of resources on there. And then we also have social media, of course. Um, we are at balanced.birth.couple on Instagram and on TikTok. And we are the Balanced Birth Couple on Facebook. Oh, wonderful. And I'll make sure that is in our show notes so everyone can see that. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I'm really confident our community is going to as well. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.